1: just go to cars.com. It's magical.
2: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour Playoff Edition. And so when we need some extra energy for the playoffs, we have to bring in our guy, Flip Mozzie. Tonight, we're going to talk about last week 18s game versus the Chicago Bears. And then we'll preview the Vikings and the Giants round two plus. We're going to touch on a topic of a Giants player calling out our fan base. So grab your Lake Monster beer and enjoy the show.
3: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Skull.
2: Boom! Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. Like I mentioned in the intro, it's playoff edition uh, and so we had to bring on Flip Mozzie, the guy who brings the energy to climb in the pocket. Flip, are you ready for this weekend's game? Oh, I'm not ready for the game. I'm ready for this show, though. <laughs> I guess if we win,
1: it means I'm coming back on the happy hour. Is that what that means? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. That is Good luck exactly term at
0: that game. point. Right.
2: <laughs> we got to ride the
1: hot streak. We can street, do that.
2: That's what happens. We can do that. How, how are you? How, you mentioned uh, California and in, in, in rainy weather there, but here in Minnesota, it's been nothing but cold temps and snow.
1: Yeah. The, the thing about California is it rains, and I'm not originally from here, so I don't think it's a big deal. But then you realize that all the roofs in California are built like SoFi Stadium. There's just big air holes, pockets everywhere, every. Every roof that I went under on Sunday, whether it was my patio or my neighbor's garage or the grocery store, somehow had some weird leak, you know, build some better roofing structures to deal with something as simple as water.
2: <laughs> that's, that's too difficult, man. You can't, you can't expect that out there.
1: L- Linda's, in, Linda's in Arizona. It's probably true that the rain.
2: Arizona is beautiful. Um, Yeah, I think your audio is cutting out just a little bit. Maybe that's just on my end, Flip, but just calling that out before we get into some Viking conversation. Ryan, welcome back again. How are you this week? Are you excited for Vikings football? You're going on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll be there. Um, should be a fun time. I'm excited for the game. Uh, we were at the last Giants game. I was actually there with Miles, uh, who's usually on the show here with us. But um, I was there with him, and it was a uh, you know we pulled out the win. Hopefully, we can win in a more convincing fashion this week, though, huh?
2: Let's hope so. Let's hope so. Well, before we dive into to playoff football, any takeaways from you two from Week 18? Um, obviously, a very preseason s game as the Vikings you know started Nick Mullins at the half but uh i don't know any any call outs from you two? flip we can start with you
1: i don't have any comments from week 18 uh are, am i still cutting out
2: no you're good right now
1: all right no no i i haven't learned anything about this team since before thanksgiving we were 7 and 2 We beat the Bills in Buffalo. Matt was at that game. And then we got our asses kicked by the Dallas Cowboys the next week. That 40-3 loss is when I stopped learning about this team. You'd seen all the wins. You'd seen Justin Jefferson. You'd seen a better version of Kirk Cousins. You'd seen a bad defense. You'd seen the offensive line struggle. So everything since Thanksgiving has really been par for the course. We'll see if they keep it, keep that up on Sunday for better or for worse.
2: That I mean, that's a, that's a fair, fair take. Um, I feel like we have learned a little bit more though from this team since, since Thanksgiving or get, you said before Thanksgiving, I guess, but since we were seven and two, which I think was about week, week 10, week 11, but Ryan, what about you? Do you feel the same way as flip here?
0: Uh, not necessarily, not, not to say that we've learned anything better about this team. I'm not going to sit here and say we've learned a lot. That's, that gives us maybe more, um, excitement about this team, but I, I think we've actually learned a little bit for the worse about this team since that Bill's victory, uh, more, more or less just on that, you know, defensive, um, back or you know this defensive secondary obviously it's something that we weren't super hopeful on going into the season you know maybe around that Bills game I think is kind of when they like capped their like potential right like they were getting timely takeaways and they were you know putting up these big fourth quarter like shut shutdowns and um and, and those kind of stopped not not fully stopped obviously right like they shut down the Colts uh in the second half mm-hmm. and whatnot but uh, for the most part, those not were fewer and far between than than they were um in the in the first seven weeks. so um, and then in terms of that week eighteen game, yeah, I mean again, there's really not much to watch for. um I was trying to watch that offensive line to see how cohesive they were um as a unit on that first unit. Again, they're not going against a league competition because the bears were sitting a lot of their starters um but they seemed a bit more cohesive than. When we try to run a third and goal, uh, uh, punch up the middle when Chris Reed just got in the game, not a smart decision uh, against the Packers there. Uh, But Chris Reed looked a little bit more competent this game, at least from just the basics of snapping the ball on the right cadence and stuff. So, um, again... I'm not going to take too much stock into it. Like Blip said, there wasn't much to, to garner from that. But at least if you want to take away a little bit of a silver lining, um, it, it, they, that offensive line looked cohesive during that uh, Bears game.
2: Yeah, well, they're going to have a tough matchup this week um, because the Giants defensive line, I feel like if I remember correctly, they got some pressure on Kirk Cousins last time. We played them, and uh, you know a a rising rookie over there, Kayvon Thibodeau. um, You know he has emerged in the second half of the season mainly because he was he's healthy and he wasn't in in the first part of the year. But um, are you guys concerned about? We can try to kind of use this as a transition to the playoff game this week. But are you guys concerned at all about you know just the offensive line in general and? Maybe it's not the offensive line itself, but maybe other position groups on the field going into Sunday.
1: I mean, are we Vikings fans? Of course we're concerned about the offensive line.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What did I tell you early in the season about the offensive line? You remember?
1: You said, on my show, Matt (laughs) Matt asked me if the offensive line was fixed. And I said, "Hell no, it was not fixed." And Matt, what did you tell me? <laughs> what did you tell me, Matt? I,
2: I, I still, th- I still think it's fixed for for the you for still the most think part. It's fixed. I mean, you can't anticipate injuries, but Ed okay. Ingram has looked so, a lot better the last few weeks. Uh, he has than I think he has in previous weeks. Obviously, Brian O'Neill is going to hurt not having him, and I don't even know if they're convinced that Oliudo is going to be the guy. I heard. O'Connell talking this morning that it might be uh, Blake Brandle. At least they're talking about activating him for Sunday's game. So, But continue. I'll, I'll let you continue.
1: It's not fixed. It's the biggest issue going into this game. It's probably going to be the biggest issue throughout the playoffs because we're facing just the NFC is, is chock full of great defensive lines, whether it's the Giants or, or the San Francisco 49ers. The Eagles have a great defensive line. The Seattle Seahawks have a productive defensive line. We saw what happened when we played the Dallas Cowboys. The offensive line is the make-or-break unit for the Minnesota Vikings when it comes to making a 2022 playoff run. Bottom line, I'm highly concerned. They have to get Garrett Bradbury back. Brian O'Neill will be missed, and defensive coordinators will scheme scheme pressure onto Oli Udo or Blake Brandle. And, you know, Ezra Cleveland has been up and down this season as well, not to mention the rookie Ed Ingram. So Kirk Cousins, Kevin O'Connell, they have to go in this game expecting to see a lot of pressure, maybe even some blitzes, but also teams might choose back and choose to only rush four and we're going to have to beat seven defenders in coverage. I expect the scheme to account the game plan to account for a high amount of pressure on the offensive line if we have long developing plays trying to hit Justin Jefferson or KJ Osborne deep down the field you know early play action before properly setting up the run I I just think that's going to be a mistake we have to game plan around our weakness a little bit throughout the playoffs
2: yeah and uh in one part of that weakness that You know, obviously you're talking about the offensive line here, but somebody that I think really needs to step up for the Vikings to make a deep playoff run is Dalvin Cook. Um, I think we let his performances slide for most of the season because he did make some crucial plays for us to bring us back in games. Obviously, he sparked the the Buffalo comeback a little bit, Um, the Indianapolis Colts comeback a little bit, but for a guy – making the second most for a running back in the NFL. His cap hits like 11.8 million this season. He's gone missing for a big portion of it. And he's quietly put together, you know, a thousand yard rushing season. So good for him on that Claps all the way around. But I need him to be that dynamic playmaker that we signed him to be. And if, if, if we're going to make a deep playoff run, that, and that has to start this weekend. I can't have fumbles. I can't have you limping off to the side of the field. I need you to be out there earning your money and driving this team to a victory every time you touch the ball.
0: Well, and again, part of that, though, does fall on that offensive line, right? I mean, I, I feel like our off- our run blocking has not been what it has been, even in the past with with quote-unquote worse offensive lines, right? I mean, we, we look at the offensive line as, are you giving up sacks? I mean, that's the yep. number one most important thing, right? Um, and, and by all accounts, it seems like this year, I mean, granted, he's getting hit quite a bit, but it doesn't seem like they're giving up a ton of sacks. Um, Matt, I did go and look. They had four sacks against us last game. So this offensive line um, or a defensive line did beat up on us pretty good. Uh, seven yeah. total tackles for loss. So, um or I'm sorry, six six total tackles for loss. So four sacks, two you know behind the line uh, hits on the running back, or you know whatever you want to define it as. Um, so to, to your point, our offensive line really needs to come in and produce at a high level in the run game for us to be effective. And it's possible against this line, against this defense, uh, that overall for the year. They are not one of the most productive rush defenses in the league. Um, So they can, you know, they can be ran on. Now is our offensive line going to give them the opportunity? Is our coach going to give them the opportunity? It's all about the play calls. It's all about the execution. Dalvin Cook can only do so much. And yes, he used to be able to cover up some of those offensive line woes before because he is or was so dynamic. Uh, But yeah, when you lose a step, when you, you know, are worried about fumbling the ball because he clearly can't figure that out right now. Um, You know, your mind's in other places that don't allow you to be as dynamic as you can be. So I think it's going to be very important for, yeah. hopefully we get Bradbury back this game. It's not looking super hopeful, but uh, at least he's back to practicing in a limited basis. Um, So, but yeah, let's hope that we can kind of get out in front, move these two D tackles that they have uh, around a bit. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, bust a few, a few runs open that will then lead to us being able to open up the pass game a little bit more.
2: You talked about the Giants defense and I want to, I want to touch on that. But before we do that, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. That's badass wood art. Uh, we're actually having some custom climb in the pocket pieces created by Luis over at that's badass wood art. So when those are completed, we'll be sure to share those, uh, on air here, but you can go get your own custom piece uh, on that's bad And you can use promo code CT pocket and get 20% off any one item. So that's super cool as well. And I also want to give out a shout out to our other sponsor, Lake monster brewing, fantastic craft beers here in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, so if you're in the area, um, if you need to cope from a loss or celebrate with a win on Sunday, head over to St. Paul, it's not that far from us bank stadium, uh, Flip, I see you laughing in the chat. Um, so first off, The chat is great. That, uh, for firing <laughs> up these comments, but is there any particular one that's getting you a little hyped?
1: I like this bring back Zimmer comment. You know, got <laughs> to put some respect on Mike Zimmer's name after watching
2: Ed Donatel for a full maybe,
1: season.
2: <laughs> maybe we should bring back Mike Zimmer as a, a run game coordinator, given how much he loved to run the football.
1: I love, I love all this Jim Harbaugh talk happening oh for a possible. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so Ryan mentioned the, the giants defense and I wanted to touch on something that I saw earlier today. Let's see if I can bring it up here quick. Uh, Kevin Seifert of ESPN went out and uh, was looking at some officiating and, and penalties in anticipation of the post season. And, One thing that, you know, he pointed out was that the Vikings led the NFL during the regular season in drawing pass interference, defensive holding and illegal contact flags, which having a guy like Justin Jefferson is going to do that when teams want to, you know, try and stop him. They'll do anything. Uh, The good news for the Vikings is the Giants committed the fourth most such penalties In the league this year and they're coming to town this weekend so I guess my question for you guys is do you anticipate a similar game plan from the last time the Giants were here because if you remember TJ Hawkinson broke the record for most receptions by a tight end in Vikings history with 13 I think he went for I'm looking real quick here uh, one hundred and nine yards on thirteen receptions and two touchdowns. But Jefferson also had a great game as well, twelve receptions, one hundred and thirty three yards, in a touchdown. And then KJ Osborne's hot right now. So, what do you guys think the plan of attack is as we head into Sunday's game versus the Giants?
0: Yeah, I think I think we should be looking for a lot of the same. Um, I, I don't a uh, couple couple changes, right? Uh, they they are a little bit healthier in the back end. Uh, than they were when they played us the first time. So I would anticipate there's going to be a little bit higher quality play uh, on that backside um, for them. But again, when when you're playing against Justin Jefferson and even TJ Hawkinson to a certain degree, I mean, you're playing against high end players at those positions and whether it's Xavier McKinney or it's Adoree Jackson uh, trying to cover, you know, McKinney would more line up with Hawkinson and Jackson would line up more with Jefferson. Um, there is still going to need a double Jefferson. I mean, Jackson's a fine player. It's all the speed in the world or it used to, um, but you can't, nobody can match up a Jefferson one-on-one. So uh, when you, when you have that safety help, it's going to open up those opportunities for KJ for Adam, for TJ. Um, and and again, TJ took advantage last time, but I definitely think that either of those, either of those other two definitely can as well um, as we look at it from that perspective. Um so, yeah, I'm really excited for the matchup. I don't think we should really change much. Um, again, just as we mentioned earlier, let's get the run game going. Let's uh, get moving the ball in in those open opportunities, and uh, we hopefully we'll be able to take care of business.
2: Well, Flip, I'm going to give you a question here then, kind of off of Ryan's comments. Uh, we're talking about, you know, other offensive weapons, people who can step up. I've even seen it in the chat here a little bit, uh, the JJ, the KJ, and the TJ show on Sunday. K.J. Osborne, um, Alec Lewis of The Athletic came out today and, and listed out some stats. But K.J. Osborne, uh, since December 9th, 30, 30 catches, which ranks 8th in the NFL, and 388 yards, which ranks 7th. Are the Vikings the most talented offense in the NFC right now when we when we look at it? I mean, top to bottom, when you got Jefferson, Hawkinson, Thielen, K.J. Irv Smith, yes, skill positions. Um, Irv Smith is back now, and Kirk Cousins has played well all season. Is this the best offense in the NFC?
1: No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I mean, Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Quest Watkins, we can go That's
3: Christian McCaffrey, you.
1: Raheem Moster, Debo Samuel, Brandon A. Uke. We can go <laughs> CeeDee Lamb, Zeke Elliott,
2: Tony Pollard, I'm trying to hype up the yeah. fan base here, Flip.
0: <laughs> I, mean, hey, I, I think- mean, To your point though, Matt, it's not like it's far off. Like I think that there's there's just a lot of good offensive talent in the NFC, specifically at these skill positions. We don't have the quarterbacks like the AFC does, but there's a lot of really, really good talent on the on these skill positions that on all of these teams. Um yeah, go ahead, Flip. I'm sorry. Well, off,
1: well I, I don't I don't buy the KJ hype. It's nice. He's had the second half of the season. That's cool. That's like Christian Watson has been treated like a premier wide receiver for the Packers when the guy had like 35 catches this year, all oh, because it's the second half. Um, I, I do think we are going to have to come with a different game plan. Much, much more success is going to have to be seen in the run game. I think the Giants' health does make a difference on the back end. Like Ryan said, you know, if you look at what Wink Martindale did in the first game, he tried to blitz less, less than average for the Giants. But yeah, I didn't say Kittle. Yeah. Anyways, I guess I, I guess TJ Hawkinson, George Kittle, that's a Vikings fans will tell you that's an even trade-off, but I digress. <laughs> I, I I think the Giants will bless blitz even less than they did in the week sixteen matchup. Um Kurt so great? because that's, that's
0: that's not Wink's that's not Wink's MO. Wink loves blitzing, like yeah. even when yeah. it's unnecessary. hmm
1: And I, I think they're going to recognize what TJ Hawkinson did against them when they were blitzing. He was both the safety valve and the red zone threat. And I think the extra extra bodies they have back will give them confidence to try to take away both JJ and KJ. So when we talk about Vikings weapons, I do think it's Dalvin Cook. And I think it's a mix of Adam Thielen and K.J. Osborne as the guys who are going to have to be relied on early in the game to open things up for J.J. Now, I would like to see some quick game to J.J., you know, some, some slants, some wide receiver screens, maybe a handoff out of the backfield. But I don't think we can go into this game expecting J.J. and K.J. to eat or J.J. and T.J. to eat just like they did. In week 16
2: so you think it's going to be some some other heroes this week uh who kind of carry you gotta if you
1: really believe in a large set of the large set of skill positions that the vikings have then you have to understand that it's about sharing the pill it's about featuring kj osborne one week then tj hawkinson the next it's about dalvin cook making big plays the next week and then keeping the defense guessing who is going to show up. And so I think we have the ability to do that if we can feature our secondary receivers in this game.
2: Yeah, I, I I'm with yeah. you there. I agree. And, so I, I think and, yeah
1: and to answer Clifford's question, you know yeah the Giants are a statistically bad defense both in the run game and the pass game. Um, the Vikings pass offense was clutch in week 16. The run game was like, it was like 83 yards in a, in a one score game. So we we played, we played a bad defense and we didn't really put up that much, that, that much success against them. Hopefully it improves for the playoffs.
2: Yeah. I'm trying to find quick, um, how Kirk Cousins performed under pressure in that game, uh, but I don't know if I am going to be able to.
3: what
0: were you asking? Him? How he performed?
2: Yeah, how he performed against the blitz, uh, or just under pressure versus versus the Giants this past <clears throat> past game. But I don't think I have it on the top of my head. So we'll just transition then. I think I think we're all in agreement on kind of what the offense can do for Sunday's game in order to be successful. Um, I think flip laid it out pretty beautifully there. Uh, But let's switch to the other side of the ball. Um, I think defense has been very opportunistic this season, Um, but they've obviously let up a lot of yards. um, I think the Giants had their, their best game offensively against us in Week 16, and we were getting... I mean, I felt like every time the Giants were on offense, Isaiah Hodgins was rich, ripping us apart. Um, even Richie James had a really good day, um, and then they really utilized Saquon Barkley out of the backfield last time they were here. So how do we stop this Giants offense um, in Daniel Jones, who has put together a pretty good season for people who, uh, who have been watching?
0: I mean the only move they had against us last game that i can remember I remember watching the game and just freaking out was they had a slant 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 pattern again to hodgins it didn't matter which corner was on him he did it to peterson he did it to whoever the opposite one was whether it was shelly or um i don't think Dancer played or maybe he did i don't really remember but it was a slant slant route right to hodgins for 10 12 15 yards in in cut routes you know 15 yards on the field to James or Hodgins whoever it was and it's a wide open and it has been all year so the only way you're going to be able to stop defenses and and again what's hard is that like you look at the the next two opponents the Giants and the in the 49ers if they win their matchup and if we win ours is they love to run those slant patterns literally right over the middle they can run, run it based off of the, 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 run pass option. They can do it off of uh, just any, any sort of, you know, formation they want to run it out of. It's, we get eaten alive anything over the middle, just behind the linebackers in front of the safeties. So we need to figure that out because that's how they were able to stay in the game. Last time Barkley played well. I mean, he, I know you had that end of the game run to uh, on fourth down to give them the, the tie, but we held him in check, I would say, for the most part, given it's Saquon Barkley. If you take him away and you can take away that slant route, they shouldn't score more than 10 points on you in a game. So, Because they don't have the playmakers to make the plays downfield. Like, Is that a prediction? Like do. No, it's not because I have <laughs> I have zero confidence that we can guard this because we haven't done it all year. Literally, you, you go back and watch any game this year, we're eating alive over the middle every game. So mm-hmm. and I, I don't know how to fix that outside of better disguises in your defense and running less of a shell, but it's not what we do at least this year. So um, so if we can figure that out or if we can play a little bit better man defense against that slant or those in routes, we'll be all right. Or you play Asamoah a little bit more because he does disrupt that a little bit more with his speed than, than like yeah. a, a Hicks catch. This well, is it, a it may just
2: for him to play a sooner. That's that's all. That's <laughs> all Ryan wants here.
1: It's it's just they don't have the horses to do it necessarily, right? So if you want to play man coverage, being those corners to the line, then you're you're daring them to beat you deep. And you know, will will the Vikings take that risk against Daniel Jones, or do they feel like they're the better team and all they need to do is keep everything in front of them? I think you know, that's going to be fascinating to watch on the defensive side of the ball.
2: Yeah, and I will say, ironically, I couldn't find Kirk Cousins' uh, stats in the last game under Mm -hmm. pressure, but uh, I did find Daniel Jones. And when he was kept clean, uh, he was 24 of 28 for 243 yards. uh, But when he was under pressure, he was 6 of 14 with a touchdown and a pick. So to your point, if we can get that D-line, Going a little bit maybe early season form with Darius Smith um, and get some pressure on Daniel Jones. I think that that's probably the best best route for success this Sunday. Would you guys agree?
1: This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay.
0: Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting cut.
2: Just go to
1: fritolaysnackat.sbnation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4/3/2023.
2: Void wherever hip. Here's where the snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at
0: fritolaysnackat.sbnation.com. Absolutely. Pressure is always key. I mean, that, that I, I helps got these corners too. Yeah. All
1: I got on those Kirk stats are the he had a 61% success rate when blitzed. And a 40% success rate when not blitzed in the in the week 16 game against the Giants. So they blitzed on 27 snaps. They got four sacks and let up a ton of yardage when they didn't get the sack. And then really were able to manage Kirk Cousins and shut him down when they chose not to blitz.
2: Interesting. Yeah, so it might just be a battle of uh, of who gets pressure on who. And who can create some of those turnovers because um, I do feel like this game will be pretty closely contested. Uh, before we hit this this last kind of point for uh, for the Vikings playoff game, flip I've seen it a couple times in the chat so I'm just gonna need you to address it. Where did you get your shirt?
1: I got my shirt at soda stick. That's all I can say because they're not one of our sponsors yet. So Matt is going to work <laughs> on getting that sponsorship. I have no idea where he's going to, where Dave's going to put it on the screen, but it's coming soon. Mr. Evil, go to soda Stick, <laughs> get yourself some Minnesota gear.
2: We have, a. Uh, we we're running out of corners for, for sponsorships. So I don't know. We'll have to figure it well, out.
1: That's, once you get Soda Stick, you can go back to all three and decide who gets just the big logo over Ryan's
0: face. That's <laughs> well, viewership's just going to go down. They come here for this. I mean, come on.
2: That's true. That's true. Right in the middle there. Um, I had it in the show notes, but I'll, we'll get to that in just a second. What I, I feel like not enough conversation is happening around Kevin O'Connell. Uh, In the playoffs. I I know we've talked about the offense. We've talked about the defense. But the man calling the plays. um, And leading this team truly. This is his first time. As a head coach. In the playoffs. Now granted it's Brian Dables as well. um, But are there any concerns. With Kevin O'Connell. I know there was a lot of scrutiny last week. In the Bears game. Thinking that maybe he got a little too cute. In some of his play calling. Um, The time management was kind of horrendous um,
0: yeah the Bears game didn't oh. matter I mean they're they might have even just been testing some ideas and stuff that they're probably never going to use in an actual important game I mean I honestly I mean for the most part this year he's been pretty good not great but pretty darn good in terms of his time management in terms of his play calling um, whether it was an execution error or it was a bad play call you know for the most part It 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 seems like things went by plan most of the time. Now, of course, obviously we had a few blow up games that didn't work out well, um, couldn't move the ball at all. But again, for the most part, it's been pretty good. So I'm going to trust him until I don't have a reason to. Um, I don't see why this game needs to be any different than I mean, obviously not week 18, but you know week you know weeks uh, 15 or 16 whenever we played them the last time. I mean, it's just another game that we need to beat the opponent uh that week right one game you know uh and and i think you know i think we can do it i think uh you know kevin o'connell uh does a really good job in terms of his preparation i think that uh, the communication and line of communication with those players is quite clear and uh and everyone knows what's expected of them now do we have the talent to win That's another question entirely. Are we going to execute to win? Another question entirely. And part of that's on him as well, right? He's got to get his team prepared. He's got to make the right. He's got to execute well. But there's no reason outside of what two examples, there's no reason to think he won't. Um, I'm not going to give him a pass for the Cowboys game. I won't give him a pass for the Packers game. You know, uh, those two games were quite pathetic on offense. But from from everything else that we've seen, it's been pretty good. So I, I have faith in him. Flip, do you
2: do you do you have a sense that maybe Kevin O'Connell might become a little bit more aggressive, knowing that it's a it's a truly winner go home scenario?
1: Yeah, you know, aggressive is is hard for me. I would hope that they really pour into the matchup and and the and the you know the mismatches that we think we have against the Giants and try to exploit that. It's hard to say. That I don't think there's a button you press simply because it's the playoffs, but I do think that if you are a game-planning expert, if you pride yourself on game-planning, then your your team should be able to build Belichick itself. And what I mean by that is just transform itself into the perfect enemy for the team that you're facing. I want to see Kevin O'Connell try to do that against the Giants.
2: I love it. And I, and I hope it happens um, mm-hmm. for everyone in the chat. Quick. I just want a, a little, little homework assignment and it's real quick. If you're going to the game on Sunday, comment in the chat. Cause I'm just curious. Um, and, and the reason I'm curious is because Viking fans were essentially called out by an offensive lineman uh, of, by the New York giants this week in the press. And, We'll get Ryan's take on it because he was at this game, but he pretty much said that U.S. Bank Stadium's not all it was hyped up to be, and that the crowd actually wasn't that loud. Is that true, Ryan? Did the fans let us down in Week 16?
0: I mean, it it was a weird game compared to most, to be honest. I mean, we had um, we had the whiteout, which yeah. wasn't common to see right so um and then it was a christmas eve game like morning of christmas eve or whatever like early christmas eve so i felt like the stadium wasn't nearly as packed as it would have been with vikings fans uh then it will be for this playoff game i've been in this stadium for every big game uh well not every big game i should say but most big games that we've ever had the miracle game you both you and i were both there that day um yes you know, uh, been there for you know the the Packers game this year, which was huge uh, uproar with KOC's first game, uh, and of course a division rival. Um, that place gets loud, like real loud. And who? And I don't know which offensive lineman said that, but um, he's going to be in for a, quite a bit different, quite a bit of a different scenario than than he saw a couple weeks ago. Because we're going to be loud. It's three three thirty. Yeah, so we're going to be drunk. We're gonna be primed uh, I mean, up. Oh, we'll be <laughs> we'll be loose, loose and goosey right there. So, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a loud one.
2: Flip, you've been to US Bank Stadium a few times, haven't yeah.
0: you?
2: Yeah. What, what game did you go to? Do you remember?
1: I went to opening Steelers. night. I went to, I went to Packers at Vikings Week one, 2016. That's when we opened the stadium. We beat the Packers. I think it was 17-14. to 14. That was uh, Sam Bradford. That was Trey Waynes almost intercepting the first oh, pass yes. of the game. Yes. That, there was an Adrian Peterson injury in that game. Oh, no, I think Trey Waynes had the walk-off INT as he had, well. He had
0: the walk-off yep. INT that game. Right in yep. front of Zimmer. Prince, yep.
1: Prince tribute during halftime. I went to that game, and then I saw... Uh, the Russell Wilson experience last year against the Seahawks. Yeah.
2: Mm. Oh yeah, that's where. I, yeah, I met you guys for brunch for. Yep. Ten minutes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, before we round this show out with predictions, I want to just give you guys both an opportunity. Is there anything you want to talk about as we head into to playoff football on Sunday? Good.
1: I I think that, uh, you know, we talked about Kevin O'Connell, but we also have, I want to say six of the 11 offensive starters are making their first playoff start on defense. I don't know the exact number, but you can think of guys from, you know, Duke Shelley, uh, Brian Asamoah, uh, Cam Bynum, you know, getting in there for the first time. I hope Cam Dantzler, where is Cam Dantzler? So that is really who I'm looking at, at this game. Justin Jefferson, obviously. I'm looking at how these peop- how these players handle their first start in the playoffs. That's especially true in the offensive line with Ed Ingram, Christian saw and Ezra Cleveland.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. By the way, I think there are, there are a lot of players, and I saw Harrison Phillips talking about it a little bit too. But a lot of players who have yet to play in the playoffs. Even even a vet like Dalvin Tomlinson has yet to play in the playoffs. And so, uh, can we can we get a little bit more excitement in in better play out of some of these guys? Ryan, did you have something?
0: Um, you know, not really. Uh, I just you know I'm, I'm excited for this game. I, I think. People are nervous, rightfully so. You're one of them, as you admitted, pre-show. <laughs> um, I, and, and I understand why you'd be nervous, right? We needed a 61-yarder to finish them off last game. Um, we got to remember that, yeah, sure, they've they've seen us play, but we've seen them play, right? We have, we have just as many notes as they have on us. So we have on them, and we're at home. And I truly believe that we we do provide a home field advantage for this team. Um, I know this offensive lineman would, whatever he wanted to say about that last game. We truly create a home field advantage for this team. So um, I, I think I think I, I know we're not getting to predictions yet, but I think that we're going to win this one. And I'm not entirely convinced it's going to be one of these tight one score games either.
2: Ooh. Let's
0: let's do let's it. Go. Let's do the projections, right?
2: Let's go. Go right now, Ryan. After that little uh, little hype, hype statement. Yeah, I, there. honestly,
0: I, I just I, I don't see the talent on that team that can Like I know our defense isn't great, but their offense isn't great either. You shut down Saquon Barkley in that run game. And you have a really good advantage in this game, so I think we're able to do that because that is the strength of our defense—is the run defense. So I think we're going to shut them down. I don't think we're going to let up as many yards as we did last week. I think Duke Shelley's going to come into this game fired up um, after getting his first INT against his old team. He's still all fired up, uh, and um, Patrick Peterson's going to you know will this defense to uh, a good performance. So I'm going to say.
2: Ten score uh, ten points. Two score ten
0: points. Uh we're gonna go twenty-four fourteen.
2: All right. All right. I'm 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 starting to I'm starting to buy in, man. I the heartbreak every time this team enters into the playoffs is it hurts. Um and now with a new head coach, it you know, you just hey, want to see success from you. the jump. Yeah.
0: Kirk Cousins has never been one and done in the playoffs. Oh. I mean, he's only been to the playoffs once. Not one game, but, but he's never been one and done.
2: Fire it up, man. Fire it up. I'm in. Flip, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think, I don't think if, if the Vikings go up early, I don't think that the Giants have the horses to come back like some other teams may do. And the, the most up and down part of the Viking season has really been the defense allowing a team to hang around. We saw that in Week 16 where, you know, the offense started out slow, the defense kind of... Let the Giants stay in it, even though we scored the first touchdown of the game, even though we had that early Brian Asamoa fumble and recovery. You know, yeah, Ryan, you got to get his name in as many times as possible. <laughs> um, it is, um, it's something where I think if the Vikings offense can start better than they did in week 16 and not go punt, punt, you know, three and out to start the game, two, three downs in a row to start the game. We get up 10 points, the crowd goes, gets into it for real, and this thing is over. So, you know, that's what it comes down to, is am I going to bet that the Vikings start the playoffs hot? On one hand, Kevin O'Connell has been great at scheming those opening drives. On the other hand, if they don't score that early touchdown, there is going to be some here-we-go-again um, and, and and buckle up for a tight one. But ultimately I do think that this Giants defense is is weak enough where we can go get some early scores. We can get up ten or fourteen to nothing, and we can ultimately win let's say let's say twenty eight to seventeen.
2: You guys are making me I just now I want the game to be tomorrow. They I can't love the they optimism. can't in
1: the They can't pin their ears back against our weak offensive line. They can't generate that pass rush if we're up 10 to 14 points to start this game. It's critical that we start hot.
2: That's true. So so before I get to my prediction then, we win the coin toss, hypothetically. Who do you want out first, offense or defense?
1: That's easy for me. Uh, uh, I'm going offense. Definitely. <laughs> the,
0: no, the, no, you always defer. You want, I mean, you guys still got to play strategy here. No
1: offense. I'm going
0: offense.
2: What, what I'm unit is offense. more likely and, to give you. Your we're team not worried about the second spark. half.
1: The offenses.
2: The yeah, offenses. I agree. You know, people way, are
1: still sitting. Just put your defense on the field. People are still settling into the game. The fans aren't all there yet. Um, Letting Daniel Jones establish an early rhythm in his first playoff game. I just hate that. I just love the idea, and it is more risky, but I love the idea of being up 7 nothing. fans hyped over that early Justin Jefferson gritty touchdown, and Daniel Jones just walking out, and he can't even hear himself think
0: on the first snap. I love that.
2: <laughs> I think I'm with Flip on this one. And by the way, I don't know if I you mean, saw I, the That picture sounds today. great.
0: That does sound great. I just worry that like things don't go as to plan, and then you give them a opportunity at the at the on the back end of the first half and into the uh, into the second half. So, I, again, I, I like it. to play the stra- strategy side a little bit better. But
2: no, two to one, you're 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 outvoted. Let
0: Let Awesome-O go get you another fumble recovery, and maybe he'll bring it to the house this time.
2: Yeah, he can do that when the defense takes the field after the I offense.
0: I,
1: I have one more request. I have one more Go request. I am going to request uh, cell phone numbers for Matt, Ryan, and Miles. And the I promise that I will only text in this group thread when the Vikings are playing football. Can we do that? Can we set sure. that up?
2: Yeah, I can do that. I have their numbers. I'll, yes. I'll, I'll hook it up.
0: Yeah, let's um, do it. Perfect.
2: Before I get to, to my prediction here, I just want to say thank you to everybody here in the chat this evening. Um, love the comments. It's playoff football. I hope to see you guys all next week after a Vikings victory. Um, and so let's just keep that energy going. If you're going to the game, make it as loud as it's been uh, in the history of the stadium and, and make Ryan that offensive Gates. lineman. Yes that's yes, who it, that's there, who Ryan it was.
0: Gates, that sob.
2: <laughs> so, without oh, okay. further
0: ado, <laughs> who,
2: that's who said the uh, the that's the who said that we weren't allowed.
0: Okay, but who is that guy?
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly.
0: It doesn't matter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and if this show somehow gets to him, his comeback will be like, "Well, who are these guys?" And my response will be exactly. Um, so, without further ado, my prediction. Uh, the Vikings are favored by three points to win, and I think they make it a little. I I, th- I think they make it a little bit more convincingly than that. While I am very nervous, as I stated pre-show, uh, that this team could break our hearts again, uh, I'm in line with the maybe the 27-17 victory over the Giants this Sunday. And there's that skull horn. Let's go. Um, if you didn't see already, though, Justin Jefferson and Jalen Rager were, were throwing passes back and forth uh, yeah, in practice today. And I'm just saying, it's been a while since we've seen Justin Jefferson throw a pass in a game. Do you think KOC might have something up his sleeve this weekend?
0: Well, let's Maybe that's how it curb, starts. Please.
2: Maybe that's how the game starts. Well, there you I'm go. The
0: yeah,
1: I can't no, find I this Ryan. I can't find this Ryan Gates fellow. I don't think.
0: I think it's I Nick Gates. It's Nick. Oh, Gates. oh, Nick Gates. Yeah, Nick, Nick Gates. Gates.
1: My
2: yeah, Nick. He's their Gates. guard, starting guard.
1: There's no way he's a starter. Trash.
0: That's what he is. <laughs> he's trash. Watch Harrison Phillips be like, is going to destroy him.
2: Watch him be PFF's, like, top-ranked guard.
1: No, und- undrafted? Uh, yeah. Oh, he's I not in the top 20.
2: He's, he's PFF's 38th. 30th-ranked guard. And I'll even filter on percentage of snaps just to give him a little bit best. He's hey. 29th. <laughs> he,
1: o- he only yeah, played he- in half... He only played in half the game against Minnesota. I guess they benched him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Love it. Get out of here.
2: Um, Thank you, Flip and Ryan, for joining us tonight. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for football. I'll get that that group chat going up. Um, And, yeah, Dave, if you want to come on out here and – fill the guests in on or not the guests but the audience uh what's what's to come this week for climbing the pocket.
3: Well, tomorrow night there's supposed to be Viking hot takes, but I had to cancel this time. This time it is not Flip stuck in traffic, it is me. I've got my sister coming to visit and I haven't seen her in a couple of years, so I'm taking the night and we're going out and do some barbecue and some drinking and have a good time. Then Saturday at Two o'clock, two hours prior to our normal time, you will find me and Darren, your two old bloggers. We will break down this Giants game and how the Vikings will defeat that team from New Jersey.
2: Sweet. Are we doing a final score
3: on Sunday? Oh, you betcha you we're doing a final score on Sunday. <laughs> Live in the... F- the last two minutes, hopefully, to celebrate moving on to the division round. Absolutely. And we have two of the guys that are regulars on that show right here. We have Flip, who's directly above me, and Matt, way over there, and Ryan, every once in a while, if he thinks about it, checks in from the stadium. <laughs> We'd love yeah, to have I always,
0: you. I always, during, I mean, it's, it's been really hard to this year, Dave, because we're always like in a nail biter and I don't want to like pull yeah, out my phone. Yeah. And I'm like so it's, focused on the game. You uh, just,
1: you just don't want, you just don't want a, a heart attack live on the CTV. Right. That you <laughs> or hearing that, right? me
0: like us, all these words that usually yeah. come out of my mouth. During or the just crying. Or
1: I know, th- I know the Vikings have mm. made you cry this year. Only one, one time. Ride. Only once.
2: Only- <laughs> I filmed, I filmed like the whole overtime of Buffalo. <laughs>
3: oh, that was great. <laughs> Because everybody was watching out here. We were getting ahead of any feed we were getting over on the TV. Yeah, I'm awesome. still
2: waiting for that that copyright in, nope. infringement in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank right, you guys go. very much. And then what do we say here at the show?
0: Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes.
3: Skull Vikes. Skull Vikings. Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And feel free to rate us on your favorite aggregator. A big shout-out goes to our partners, The Daily Norseman, where the best Vikings content can be found. To that badass wood art, when you're looking for something unique to brighten your space. And to Lake Monster Brewing, home of the best beer in Minnesota. Skol, everybody!